right, so, so far, and those are just um, uh, th the first three chapters of that. Oh, and uh, the, uh, one of the important things to remember on that is that it took so long and so much courage to go beyond. You've heard the part there in the second chapter where, I mean, even, even graduate students didn't want to work with this guy because he was considered kind of a nutcase. He was just too far out there in terms of his thinking. Well, you know, some 15 years later, it is the standard in uh, how cancer is treated. And he just unfortunately died January of 08, I think it was. Uh, but at the, at the end, he was able to show some pretty significant success. And we can go ahead and get started. And in uh, this chapter, I've got you uh, a couple of basic study questions to begin with. And one of those is in terms of survivorship. And we will be looking at some of the factors that play into cancer because there's a misconception that if cancer, quote unquote, runs in your family, then you will get cancer. And we're going to talk about that kind of uh, predisposition because there's more than just your genetic background that contributes towards uh, contributes to your likelihood of getting cancer. There are also the lifestyle choices that you make, uh, differences in terms of uh, health interventions that are available. So there's a whole collection of factors, including nutrition, that will ultimately play into this. And we're also going to look at the role of uh, immunity. We talked about uh, immunity with the lymphatic system a couple of chapters ago. And there are increased likelihoods of getting cancers if you have compromised immunity. So if you are sick a lot, then you are actually more likely to get cancer. Not as a result of the sickness, but as a result of your body's resources going into fighting whatever it is that's making you sick, instead of going towards killing off these cells that could become cancerous. So there are some uh, definite connections there. And then also in terms of uh, uh, job discrimination, cancer patients are very, very expensive for employers and for insurance, and it actually became necessary to protect cancer patients from losing their jobs. So there was legislation enacted that would prohibit an employer for firing somebody with cancer, okay, based on the treatments. And here are a few of the new vocabulary words that we'll be looking at. The first one, teratogenic, you've all heard of carcinogenic. That is something that's associated with uh, getting cancer. Well, teratogenic is applying to something that would bring in um, uh, birth defects, for example, or additional, uh, additional cancers. Angiogenesis, genesis like as in creating, so angio, as in blood vessels, so angiogenesis is that creation of those blood vessels that you saw when the tumor <laughs> sent out its activating signals to send in the, uh, the blood vessels. Uh, a couple of the tests, and we've talked about those, the functional MRI, MRI, and then PSA is uh, a material that is measured to indicate the presence of prostate cancer. And depending on your levels of PSA in the, uh, in the readings, then that's going to be an indicator of cancer or not. 
benign, malignant, and metastasis. Okay, these are some basic cancer terms. Benign is meaning that it's not what we would officially call a cancer. So it, it's a tumor, but not necessarily a cancer. So it's not going to be disruptive in terms of what we would find with other cancers. Malignant would be the tumor is actually cancerous and goes through a different series of development. And then metastasis is when the primary cancer breaks loose and then travels through your body to go somewhere else. And sometimes what we'll find is with the primary and then the secondary tumors, if the primary tumor is removed, they don't know where the secondary tumor may start up. But now there's uh, been established a link between that whole angiogenesis process and sort of the inhibitors that keep it from spreading around. But once the primary tumor is removed, then sometimes secondary sites will all of a sudden send out the message to create blood vessels, and then you end up with uh, the tumors in secondary sites. And we'll go through all of that. Um, but here, remember, you've heard me say several times that we've got these tens of trillions of cells, hundreds of trillions of cells, and they are constantly dividing. Okay, you can see there are billions of times every day. And sometimes we have, uh, in the process of that uh, uh, dividing, there'll be a mistake. Okay, there'll be some kind of a mistake or a mutation in the DNA of that cell. And if that continues to divide and replicate itself with that mistake, that's what we're talking about when we're beginning a precancerous state. So what a cancer is actually is a series of mutations upon mutations upon mutations that ultimately turn that cell uh, from being what it was into something else, okay? so it can no longer function properly. And this is just, if you, you had this way back in high school biology, and we're not going to just spend uh, time talking about uh, cell division, but the diagram is up there, so you can be reminded of the parts of the cell, and then dividing, and then hopefully creating two identical cells. And in the event that those cells are not identical, most of these divisions don't result in cancers because your immune system kicks in and takes those out of the way. Uh, let's see, a couple more things to just get you started here and then we'll, we'll go through more formalized on a lecture on Wednesday. But some of the specific characteristics. And if I were to ask you what are characteristics of cancer cells, this is what I would be looking for, is that they lack differentiation. In other words, they don't have a specific function. So otherwise, if you're looking at a healthy liver cell, a healthy kidney cell, a healthy lung cell, for example, they have a function associated with being in the liver, being in the kidney, being in the lung. But once that cell has uh, uh, lost its differentiation, now it's no longer a liver cell, a cancer, uh, excuse me, a kidney cell, and so on. It becomes a cancer cell, and it's not differentiated to do the job that it was. Uh, typically, the nuclei, remember we showed the nucleus there at the center that contains the genetic material, uh, are usually larger in a cancerous cell. And sometimes the chromosomes can be abnormal, but you may not see it at the chromosomal level. It may be further in than that. 
And in terms of the DNA duplicated or deleted, what that means is over the course of their dividing, it might lose a section or it might repeat a section, somehow or another just altering that genetic code. And the unlimited potential to replicate comes from two different signaling mechanisms that are part of the cell. There are signaling mechanisms that say, that say stop dividing, and there are signaling mechanisms that say start dividing. Now, if either the stop or the start message is disrupted, then that cell can continue to replicate itself over and over and over, uh, seemingly out of control. Okay, now those two, you'll see, um, you'll see information as you get into your reading about uh, the start and stop signaling methods that are in there, and I've referred to them here as uh, brakes and accelerator. And that becomes a key to the treatment as to whether what kind of, what kind of cancer is this? What is making it grow? Is it that we don't have the stop mechanism, or is it that we don't shut off the start mechanism that can make a difference? Now, another term here, the telomere, um, is like the tip of those chromosomes. And each time that cell divides, that telomere, you know, like the tip of a pencil, every time you write, it gets a little bit lower, lower, lower. You start using up your lead. Well, same thing with the telomere is that every time it divides, tiny little that, little that tip of the chromosome or the telomere is worn off. And it's... Uh, it's uh, roughly 50 to 60 times for an individual cell before it's completely gone. So one of the therapies that's associated with cancer is looking at this telomerase, which is a, a, an enzyme that would cause that telomere to repair itself. So rather than being damaged and uh, contributing to that, it would actually go in and repair itself. Okay, so this is... Uh, uh, this is the last diagram that I'm going to give you for today. And here we have okay, just one little cell, a genetically altered cell. So in the process of cell, cell division, something happened. Either a piece of that DNA was lost or a piece was duplicated. Something happened and within these epithelial cells. Now, as it starts to multiply, here it's still within its small little group. But as we then get bigger and bigger, now you would enter into a stage roughly around 100 cells where it would be considered uh, a tumor, but in this case, benign. Then once it starts to uh, metastasize, move through the bloodstream, then we're going to enter into a whole new chapter. On, uh, on cancer. So, with that, uh, I would encourage you to sit down Wednesday, look at the slide presentation, do your reading.